Firstly, is it possible to know how big an infestation of locusts actually is? Roughly how many of them might be involved in an infestation or a plague? Not at the beginning. I mean, the biggest problem is monitoring the locusts. If we could get um, really good monitoring going, then we'd, we'd be able to model as to how big it would become using the climate as well. The problem with monitoring is getting people on the ground. The, the areas are actually quite remote. And in, in North and East Africa, I mean, there's conflict areas, so people don't go in there. What normally... Yeah, we're a bit better. Sorry, go farmers, on. Farmers have to report that they've got locusts on their land if they see them. Okay, what normally happens, happens to locusts outside of an infestation or a plague? How do they normally breed and exist in a sort of yearly cycle, if it is a yearly cycle? Um, I mean, the, the outbreaks aren't quite yearly, but they are cyclic. Um, the locust is a grasshopper, and, and what it does is it um, looks like a grasshopper, and it just breeds in the solitary form, which means it doesn't form bands, it doesn't form swarms, and it just keeps breeding. Now, the brown, brown locust, which is what we've got here, is very interesting because these solitary locusts lay eggs into the ground, and those eggs just stay there. They don't they don't hatch in subsequent years. They stay in the ground for about three to five years. And then when the good rains come, they will hatch at once. And that's what causes the outbreaks. Okay. How do they know when to hatch? Um, mostly it, it, it's with rain. And if you have a look, especially in the, in the Northern Cape, we've had several years of drought. And during the drought years, the, the locusts still survive and they lay eggs, but they, they tend to lay in certain areas, so we haven't been able to map exactly where these areas are. And, and they stay there, and then suddenly we have these huge rains or um, floods, and, and, and the eggs get wet, and they start to develop, and then the hoppers come out. Okay, so once they come out, I mean, they're very different to us, they're insects. How do they swarm? I mean, they all seem to go in the same direction. Well, that's it. So they've all got to hatch simultaneously, which they do because of the weather, and then they meet up with each other. And that's, and that's where it gets interesting because they have to jostle and meet up with each other. Otherwise, they'll just be solitary and they'll just go off and um, go and find a mate and, and breed. But when they, when they meet up with each other, they then start to go on the march. They also, if you remember, it's been dry, so there's not much food, so they have to search for food. So while they go marching, they're looking actually for food. So we get the five stages of the hopper, and then they develop into the adult. And it's the adult stage, which is actually the one which can um, which can fly huge distances and go into the croplands. How do they know to fly? What I'm trying to get to is like I know how I know how you and I communicate. We talk to each other. I've seen dogs bark at each other or sort of sniff each other. How do how do locusts communicate with each other? Uh, there is a pheromone um, which people are looking at. So there's a pheromone where they communicate, but they also jostle with each other. They bash into each other and 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 follow each other. So, but it's a good question. It's something that hasn't been researched a lot. Um, I know they're looking into the pheromone for the African migratory locust, which is currently in Zambia, to see if they could use it for control. And there is a and, and in the brown locusts, they have looked at some some pheromones, which which the locusts do put out 
and and calls other locusts together so they move as a cohesive unit. Okay, so they can... Communi- so pheromone mm. is a chemical substance which goes into the air. Does, I mean, <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. Does one of them decide I'm going in this direction and they all follow and they communicate with each other like that? I mean, presumably they don't make a sort of group decision. The reason I say this is that if you can work out how they decide which dis- direction to go in, you might be able to sort of change that mechanism and stop them going into cropland. <laughs> yes. Um, well, well, the adults, um, the prevailing winds actually drive them. So, so, so they go on the prevailing winds um, and that helps them fly. Okay. Is there anything that works to stop them? I mean, once you've got a swarm in Kenya, it was a massive plague, and I, I don't know if there's a scientific uh, distinction between swarm <laughs> and plague and infestation. Um, I mean, how, is there anything you can do to, to make them change direction or stop them in any way? Um, well, it, it, it's very difficult. I mean, the hopper, hopper bands that, that, that I've actually seen, you can go there and... And, and, and move in amongst them and they just like move around you and then join up and continue. So, uh, so it's really difficult to stop them. And I know some people have tried to collect them because of course they're good for, for humans eat locusts mm. and, and they're good for, for animal feed. And they've tried to try and barrel, you know, collect them and put them in a barrel. But apparently that didn't work at all because they just escape and mm. jump away. And then preventing this from happening again, and you made the point and you explained it very clearly, thank you, about how the eggs can stay in a particular place for quite a long time, three to five years, they wait for the rain. Um, I mean, is there anything that could, you know, if you think, well, locusts have been here in the past, I mean, could you burn that area or do something like that? Can you actually stop an infestation before it starts? And I realize that locusts will play a role in the ecology, so you want to be quite careful about doing that. Yes, I mean, there have been uh, talks about ploughing up the land because if you plough it, you'll, you'll get rid of the egg beds. But then that could affect that land. If you think about it, uh, our locust is in the Karoo, uh, the Karoo areas where there's very little ground cover. And if you ripped up all that land, you get rid of all the feed for, for the sheep. So it's very difficult to know what to do. I mean, you couldn't burn it because that wouldn't help. Um, Plowing could possibly help, but as I say, we don't exactly know where all the eggs are. Um, the locusts are quite elusive. And so the best is to actually just keep the monitoring. But the problem is that it's remote areas and it's also uh, places where there's uh, low populations. I mean, if you go into the Karoo, there's vast areas where there's nobody. So they're not, it's hard to keep an eye on it.